That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is now so many alongside for the ride is a man that told me when I was going to go put something on his bus to not wake the baby, JC. I don't get it. Last night, Seth Rollins said, don't wake the baby to the oh, guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did, he did, yeah, yes. You are I'm a little Hey, you know what? I, I say I'm a little slow, but I'm actually jacked up on coffee. I got about an hour exercise in because of my new schedule for Tuesday, so... Going to be even more wired than normal, I think, going forward. Because between exercise and coffee, like, that's just like. You just you know? blew out the speaker in here for crying out loud. I did. I, I had, like, the opposite morning of Nestle. Because I've had a great morning, done a lot of things. Meanwhile, Nestle got squirted by his soap. So Hey, listen, that was, that was privileged information. Let's not talk <laughs> about my terrible morning about a soap dispenser that <laughs> got me in the eye. Very bad. Anyway, well, it's it, nobody likes to laugh at a Nestle thing. It's it's okay. I'm, I'm everybody's woo! favorite. My misfortune is not funny. It's not funny at all. My eye is still my eye is still red. It by the way, it might not be funny to you, but the rest of us, you know, we enjoyed it. Thank God you're wearing your goggles, because if not, could have been worse. But WrestleMania, time to turn it into full gear because AEW had a. I think it's pretty much been one of their biggest pay per views of the year, if not their biggest. The way they uh, treat it going in, um, there was obviously a great card and. I was working while watching on Saturday, but I did have a chance to rewatch some of it. But I know uh, a lot of people were very excited about this pay-per-view. But WrestleMania, the best match on the card in terms of in the ring, probably kicked off the show. And that was MJF and Darby Allen. MJF did get the win at the end with that dynamite diamond ring that he's used so often. So uh, MJF with a big dub over Darby. Listen, the one thing I did love about this match, and I think this is the best match of the night by far, I think... And he did win with a headlock takeover, which he said he could beat Darby Allen with. So I, I really chuckled with the storytelling of like, oh, they remembered what they said in the promo and it actually meant something. So that was nice for a change. I like the gear. I like the way Darby came off. I thought everything was wonderful. But for me, this was we know Darby Allen is amazing. We know that Darby Allen has that it factor. He's got that Jeff Hardy feeling. But we've always kind of sat there and said MJF is the best on the mic. You always forget that MJF is actually pretty decent in the ring. To me, this was a great showing for MJF not to be outdone by Darby Allen, but also to be reminded as a fan to be like, hey, yeah, he's a shit talker, but he's actually really fucking good too. And he's only 24. So it's like he's only going to get better with age, you know, like a wine. So I was happy he won because I literally thought it was going to be MJF losing. Because, you know, like you said on this program, JC, Darby Allen needs some wins. You know. Yeah, I, that's why I really thought that. But obviously, by doing it the way they did, it doesn't make Darby look any weaker. And I mean, MJF, like, he's one of the best book wrestlers for a guy that's never, like, won the title, like, in a long time. Because, first of all, as a heel, he doesn't wrestle that often, which is great. He has the protection built in with, like, the Wardlows and the FTR and the Sean Spears and everything. Um, Tully's even around him sometimes. But he just. He's always been, it's one of those things, like, he doesn't wrestle often, and when he does, he usually wins. 
Um, so I, I just think I love what they do with him. I do think that, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the end of the night with, uh, uh, AEW crowning a new champion. MJF is the guy when I've been pegging the order that I thought could be the one to beat Hangman someday, depending on how long he reigns. Who knows? There's obviously been some acquisitions to AEW since I thought that, but, uh, I think a world championship is getting closer and closer to being an MJF's grasp here. I really do. I would like to see a TNT championship first. I think the slower build works. I mean, obviously, I don't mind a- that if, if he does get that, like have him hold it for like two years. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I think he's one of those guys, especially with the way they're they're trying to make it. I think a thing of how who they're giving their championships to because of the outcry from the five people on the internet about former WWE guys. But <laughs> I mean, I just MJF. He's a guy that. I think he could skip the line just the way he is and how he's treated. But I do think that it might take a while because I still would love to see a program with CM Punk. Um, obviously, I think the Wardlow thing's coming closer and closer to falling apart as well. So he might not be as close as we think to a world title as originally before because of what's come in. But he's a guy that's always going to be in a top spot and he deserves it. Other guys that are always in a top spot definitely deserve it. Uh, two of my favorite tag teams in the world, the Lucha Bros and FTR. Great matches always until the end, which was one of the stupidest finishes I've seen in a long time. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. It took away a lot for me in this one. There, This was one that really got me excited when I saw the entrance. I saw that, you know, the, the whole presentation really worked for me. The rest of the match was really good. It felt like they were trying to go back to the FTR kind of NXT days of the matches they were having. And of course, Lucha Bros always bring it. But I felt like there were too many things going on here and then at too the much end, bullshit yeah and, yeah. I, and i think that's the if there's one critique or caveat that i can say when i'm watching is i'm already just you know you know you're you're, you're kind of sitting there going yes i'm watching a predetermined thing but then there's all this other stuff and it's like is that they really like is that necessary is that that's harder to believe stuff like that so throughout the night i kept going why am i watching this like some of it's just like oof. but anyway to get back to the original point I thought this fell flat at the very end because it, it just, the way it was with the mask, I don't know if there was something else that was supposed to happen. I, I assume the reason it was supposed to be is so that they can have another match because the wrong guy got pinned. You know, which, to me... I mean, it's, it's tough because they're obviously each holding a set of titles and they, they're both, like, the number one contenders for those titles. So, But it's one of those things, it's like, this is where, like, yes, I could watch these two teams fight forever, but AEW, I think, needs to have a new feud for the Lucha brothers in terms of the AEW tag team championships. But that's why I didn't love the finish because I'm like a definitive win for them. I think it would have been really good, especially considering FTR just beat them for the triple a titles, but instead we're kind of in this thing. And so I don't know, it's, it's tough for me because as much as I love both these teams and love these two teams together, it's like, I'm looking at the roster of AEW and I'm like, there's so many teams I'd love to see get worked into the mix. that I feel like just get held down when they do this stuff. So it's, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword for me, but it is what it is. Moving on, we went to the American uh, Dragon versus your boy Miro. I was shocked mm. Miro lost on this one. And I was, yeah, even, I, yeah. I was even more shocked at the finish here because I felt like it fell flat. You and I have had longer discussions about submission endings in general. Most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, a submission finish just doesn't do it for you. It doesn't give you that explosion of excitement that you really want, especially where it felt like, I think they were on the top turnbuckle. They fell because, you know, there was like a move and then he like cinched it in and it was over. And I felt like I get that it was sort of a DDT, which kind of harkened back to Miro having a DDT kind of like, you know, problem. The neck, the neck issue. Yeah. yeah. I get that, but it was sloppy. It yeah. felt, it felt reckless. And then at the end it was just like, 
Yes, I know Daniel Bryan is, or sorry, Brian Danielson is a is a octopus in terms of technical ability and can wrap everybody up in a pretzel and beat him, and that's fine. But for me, I, I was either like, I want Miro to crush him, or if Daniel Bryan or whatever, Daniel Bryan or whatever you can call him, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. Whatever, I keep doing the same thing. So. Whatever, like, whatever his name is, Brian. If Brian was going to win, it was just, I wished it was more definitive in terms, and people are going to say choking out is definitive, but I don't think it is, honestly. I think it felt like he fell asleep. So it's just... I think I'm more interested in where Miro is going and less interested in where Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is going, essentially. Because for me, I, I can't fathom how, how Brian Danielson is going to beat Hangman this quickly. Like, I would be... He's not. I, I think this is where we finally get some... Because, I mean, not, I'm curious where they're going to put that match because, obviously, I think they're doing maybe a New Year's event, so I don't know if they can delay it that long because it's a long time to go without a defense, but... I just, I don't know. It is, it's, it was tough for me too. Cause it's another matchup. I was really excited for two guys that I love to watch. You had the built-in thing that uh, Danielson had never beaten Miro, which is actually pretty fascinating. Um, but I thought that was a pretty cool thing. They kept bringing that up. I like when they do that, even though it happened in the WWE, I like that they bring it up as part of their careers and they recognize it. Um, so I thought that was a cool added thing, but yeah, the, the, the ending was definitely meh, but I, I like what they're doing with Brian Danielson and as he is finishing a match, differently every single time which i mean he's clearly liking but it's when you get one like this it's tough um i do think the reason they did it and tony khan pretty much said it in his post presser was that he wanted to do it so there would continue to be doubt in your mind that hayman was winning because obviously if miro won it would have been very obvious hayman was winning because you have baby face versus heel but by having danielson do it with the omega thing and what happened there it leaves that as like a big question mark so i think i think that was mainly the real reason why he did it did it they kind of said it that way so i get it and obviously like danielson's one of their biggest stars so it makes sense and now we can see how miro unwinds again much like when he lost his tnt title like questioning god so i think those the best backstage promos in the biz are going to continue um but yeah I, i'm with you i'm definitely more curious to see where he goes next because danielson like we always said in the preview show last week as a first contender for hangman like that's a steep hill for hangman and it's like do you just have hangman come out and beat him clean does he actually lose the title in his first defense or is there some sort of schmoz i would lean towards the schmoz but again that's disappointing so they have themselves in a tough spot but i'm curious to see how they do it because Overall, I think AEW does a good job with that kind of stuff because they really, you can tell it's well thought out for better or for worse. So, um, but yeah, it's something I'm definitely curious to watch. Next up, we had a match that I didn't really care about, um, Super Click, Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage. But then I watched it, and this match was super hot fight in WrestleMania. You can, we can say what we want about six-man tags, but in terms of action and whatever, like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, their stock went way up after this match because those guys went over big time, and they got the win. Hey, and your boy Christian wasn't afraid of heights. He decided, hey, I'm going to jump off some yep. stuff. So I, I think this, honestly, this was the most fun you're going to have in a matchup on, on the whole evening, I think. Not necessarily the best match, but it was the most fun. And, you know, this was the 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 culmination, I think, of everything was just for Jungle Boy. The, everything, every the facial expressions, the, you know, wearing the jeans, getting a little bit more scruff under his beard, stuff like that. Like, you're starting to see a transformation of Jungle Boy. You can get excited about it. And there's so much more to do with him going forward. And obviously we talk about how Adam Cole wants to, you know, use that as his project. And I was very excited to that. And I, I'd like to take something out of order very quickly because I think these hearken to each other very quickly because you can't have a falls count anywhere match and then have a Minneapolis street fight that starts as an actual tag team survivor series match. <laughs> like I know, I know was, that was wild, man. That was one of those things where I was just like, I get what they're doing. But I think here's here's the here's the problem. This is 
there's two things that I want to state, and I, they're not anything crazy, but here, here are the things I would like to say. Having them both on the card was the wrong call. That we get. They're hiding different things for different reasons because obviously the UFC people can fight. They don't know how to work. They can fight. Yeah, they did, they're not they, wrestlers. They did, yeah. a, they did a great job of being entertainers, but the interest in here is you can only have one or the other for me. Like I, I looked at this and went, well, there's no fucking way that that match, the inner circle match, is going to be better than Christian Cage and Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks. Like, there's just, there's no way. And, and putting this later on in the card, I get where it was, but someone made a great tweet. It was like, how tough are the streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? Like, and it's just like, I get what they're doing. It's comedy, it's drama, it's a little bit of everything, a little bit of, you know, brouhaha. But I just felt like this match, there were a couple of matches, but this match in particular, for me, felt like if you had just taken this off the card and put it somewhere else, like this is another issue I wanted to have. I love that there's four pay-per-views, but this match either could have been on a dynamite or a rampage, or there needs to be maybe five or six pay-per-views a year, I would so, say. This is where I disagree with that because in terms of WWE, the way they're set up with Peacock and a streaming service and there being so many, I agree with that sentiment. But with AEW, they have four pay-per-views. And if you're buying that, it's a lot of fucking money. Like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever you're paying for these pay-per-views, that's a lot of money. So yeah, give me more. If I like, I don't want to pay $50 and have two and a half hours and be like, whatever, satisfied, whatever. It's just one of those things. It's like, I'm paying that much. If you're that miserable, pause it and watch it later. If you can't sit through it that long, I'm sorry. But I think it's one of those things. Like, I think the majority of people who are, I think the people complaining about the length of the pay-per-view are people that aren't really paying for it. Cause I think if you're paying for it, you want to get the maximum for your money. Cause one of those things It's like, yeah, if you need a break, take a break, go have a cigarette. Maybe you watch that match in the morning. Cause when you buy a pay-per-view, you can go back to it. So that's my only, that's my disagree with a lot of people because I saw a lot of people doing it on the internet, but they seem to be a lot of the people who weren't necessarily paying for the pay-per-view because one of those things, if I'm paying my hard-earned money for it, and that's a big fucking investment for something nowadays, especially because WWE is so different now with the streaming services and whatever, it's like, yeah, no, I, I want to get my money's worth. So I had no problem with the length of the card, and I think that's a big reason why they had this event on Saturday because Tony said, yeah, it's going to be longer. We have a lot of matches, so a lot of people complained about Sunday night having to get up for Monday morning, so he was like, okay, we'll go to Saturdays because most people don't always necessarily have to go to work on a Sunday morning. Um, so I, that is one thing that I, I definitely, I think I disagree with AEW. I understand the sentiment of sitting through something for that long, but at the same time, like a lot of the people who would complain about this, which is me sometimes too, if I can, I'll sit on my couch on a freaking Sunday, one to seven watching football nonstop. So it's one of those things. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I, I understand it, but at the same time, if I'm spending my hard earned money on it, if I would have bought that pay-per-view on Saturday, if I wasn't working, more is more because I want the best value for my dollar. And I don't disagree with you on that. I'm saying more on the fact of like having the same type of matchup. Yeah, I think it, that product specifically what, if, what they were doing. What if they kicked off the show with the six person tag and then had the street fight where it was, if it was more spread out, would that have helped? Cause I felt like obviously it was still spread out. Cause this was in the north near the end. The other one was in the middle, but what if it was completely like, Oh, not the complete bookends, but almost like would that have been enough? Cause that would have been probably like three hours apart. See, I, for me, I think that they did a great job where the cards were. I just, I mean, where the matches were on the cards. But for me, it just felt like, and I'm not saying get rid of the matches per se. I'm just saying the presentation of the matches in general made me feel like, okay, there were ones that really freaking mattered, right? And there were ones that kind of were like, eh, I could do without. Like, for me, we'll go back, we'll go back to the way the card was. Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade. I love the idea of it. 
But in terms of it happening, it felt like a rush job. It felt like they didn't do a good enough service for me as a fan to, to warrant that being on a pay-per-view. It felt like here are these guys that have been dominating Dynamite. They need to be on the pay-per-view versus a actual physical, like I, and someone can tell me I'm wrong and that's fine. But from my viewing experience of Dynamite and Rampage, I didn't feel as if that match in particular with Cody Rhodes and Pac, you know, Malachi Black and, and Andrade felt the need to have 17 minutes of my life on there. It didn't warrant anything. It didn't do anything. Like, I understand what they did with the Cody character. We can discuss that if you want. You can talk about how Pac did pretty much all the heavy lifting. You can talk about, you know, Arn and all that other stuff. It was, it had a lot of Gaga. It was great. But for me, it got lost in the shuffle of all the monumental things that happened here. For me. Yeah, and I, I necessarily don't think that's a bad thing because I think when they're, you're constructing a card and AEW's done a good job of, like, elevating so many people that I was like, well, you know, we can't really can't really have Cody not hooked on the pay-per-view because one of our main acts that garners a reaction. Andrade and Pac and Malachi have been guys that have brought in that have been doing a great job on TV. So, like, I understood them getting it on the card, but I think it was the last one added to the card for a reason because you saw that leak from Khan a couple months ago where he did where he kind of had the card fleshed out. And the big question mark was, like, Cody V. Black, Cody V. Andrade, Cody V. Miro. Like, he he knew Cody was going to be on the pay-per-view because he, he feels Cody's one of his top stars, but he didn't know what the opponent was. And I think, like, the Black stuff garnered such interest from people. And Pac and Andrade were so good together, they just kind of threw it together. So I completely understand. If you're ranking it in terms of meaning and things that, like, were, like, set up, well, yeah, this is dead last. But I think it was more of, like, let's get these guys on the card. We'll put it in between a couple other matches just to kind of not necessarily cool down, but be, like, break so i think that's more of what it was than anything um we can argue about the length or whatever 17 like i could have gone shorter absolutely but i again when i'm paying money for this pay-per-view i want to see everyone that i like it's like if i went to the show in boston it's like i want to see punk cole bro you know what you want to see all these guys because you're paying for it same way for me for the pay-per-view like i want to see all the top guys so i think that's more of what it was let's take these four guys who like you said have been all over tv and find a way to just put them in a match so that's what it was Moving on, the doctor, the good doctor, took on Taya Conti, and honestly, for me, this was—you can't see this because we're not doing video. Well, for you, but literally, my favorite part of this entire thing, it, it, the match was dog shit in my opinion. But the the it, it was the it, let me say this much, it was a good outing. It wasn't the best match on the card. I should have retracted. Oh yeah, I mean to think that this would be anywhere near the no, best match like, on the card. It, so insane. here's here. I was gonna say I didn't think it was dog shit. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, I overreacted. But what I will say is, for me, I I think it was like Tay Conti doing the shocked Pikachu face kind of thing. Every time somebody kicked out, and like we've already gotten through. Like to me, this is the this is the most egregious in terms of where it was on the card, because. If you're going to have these like massive kickouts and all these like shocked, you know, fake false finishes, that's one thing. But at the like the tailor end of this, it's like we've already gone through, you know, the circus that was the street fight. Uh, sorry, the false count anywhere. We've already had people kicking out of different things. It just it felt like this was a really tough spot to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I just I mean, Tay Conti's great. I think she's wonderful and, and, and I'm sure she's going to be something better every time she does it. But I, I felt like, and this isn't a knock on the women's division. This is just a knock on AEW specifically. This was glaring to me throughout the night where it's like, when you don't have a performance center or you don't have like the finishing school, essentially, you have matches that end up like this that made me remind myself, oh, okay, like they're not in the positioning they should be. 
you know, like whether it's towards the camera, whether it's towards like the person's in bad positioning for a, a stomp or whatever. Like this reminded me there were certain people on this card that like would benefit from honing more of their craft. And it, it was, to yeah, me, that was specifically when I was watching this match. It was the only thing that I could think about. Well, so Tay's definitely, she's always, she was a very raw prospect in NXT. And I think that's kind of why they cut bait on her because I had so many people that are like, we don't really have time to, this is just another developmental. But AEW looked there and they're like, she really does bring something unique. Because even when she was on NXT, I think we both really liked her. We just admitted that she is super green in the ring, but it's like, there's something there in terms of like, I mean, she's got the most memeable anything on the roster. Like she, her facials, like you mentioned, are great. But I think what this was is, I mean, Tony's pretty much said it too, is that she is someone that he's really, he really likes long-term as something. So I think this was an opportunity to be like, you know what? Britt's been such a dominant champion. She's going to continue to run through a lot of the division, especially with the TBS title going on. Let's use this opportunity to highlight one of our young stars. Let her go out there, have like a big singles match on pay-per-view in a big spot and see what she can do. It's obviously not going to compete with the rest of the card in terms of great match or anything like that. But this match to me was all about like, okay, let's take Ty Conti, put her in the spotlight, see what she can do and work from there. So I don't, I don't hate the decision to do it, but yeah, like to think that this was going to be anything more than what it was like Brits improved so much in the rain, but she obviously will benefit a lot more from having someone like a Thunder Rosa on yeah. the other side is she can go out and have a five-star match, but you put her with someone a little less, it's going to show her deficiencies more because she just, she isn't as great in terms of in rain as some other people, which is fine. That's not why she's the champion and one of the faces of the company, believe me. But so I think this was just as like, you know what, let's put Tay Conti in the spotlight because she's someone in the future that we have big plans for. So whatever it was, what it was, but yeah, in terms of position, it was tough because next up you're bringing out CM Punk. So um, the crowd was always going to be more reactive to that. And then by the way, uh, Eddie Kingston, just with what the couple weeks he's had going on in terms of baby face, like that dude is more over than anyone right now. So in terms of reactions, this match, like I, they got me excited in two weeks span for it. Um, it kind of went how I think we all expected more of like a fight and Punk getting the win. Yeah, I was surprised with the, the, I mean, you know, I, I watched the presser too uh, afterwards just because I'm always interested in those because I like the, uh, whether they're in character or not, like what they actually say. Having, you know, Punk say, I, I like doing the John Cena spot because I just like to fuck with people. I thought that was great. Um, and having a different feeling of everything watching it. And and if you go back and you watch it on YouTube, there's a press conference par- uh, portion of it where they talked to, to, to Brian. And Brian was like, how do you feel about... Uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston using your name during that whole process. He's like, honestly, he's like, I'm surprised it didn't come up earlier because everything that Punk said was true. And he's like, I'm so jealous of Eddie Kingston because you look at that man and he does not put in any effort outside of the ring. But in the ring, he puts in the most effort. And he goes, I wish I was that naturally gifted. But I'm not. So there, I have to go do something, you know, after the match. I have to do all these other things to get myself mentally prepared. He's like, Eddie Kingston had that match and went out and partied till 3 a.m. He's like, and it shows, you know, and he's like, and his shoulders messed up and all that stuff. He's like, I'm there with a foam roller after match. Like, he went through his whole process. He's like, so I understand what Punk's saying. It's a completely true thing, but he's like, the heart of Eddie Kingston shines through. That's why people connect with him. And he said, that's the most important part. So I felt when I watched this match, I thought, you know, on the sidebar, what the fuck are you doing with the MMA shorts? But that's beside the point. <laughs> I don't know what his wardrobe crises are lately with his skinny bird legs. And I'm calling myself skinny bird legs because I know you got to hide them. He does not have thick quads like a Miro or Jeff Jarrett or whatever. But uh, 
That's beside the point. But I was watching this match thinking one thing, JC, and I'm, I'm curious how you felt about this. It made me feel as if CM Punk finally woke up. Like, I, I the Darby Allen match was fine. Hobbs was great. All these little things that happened were great. This was the first one where I went, yeah, he's he's into this one. Like, he's he like something switched within him as a fan. I was watching this, and I was excited because I was like, maybe it took him a little while, you know, two months or so to get kind of acclimated. And, like, we've gotten past the whole, like, oh, great, he's back. Let's sing his song. That's what it is. You know? That's what it is to me. Because CM Punk, I think we agree on this. What made him so good in WWE is he always had an edge. Whether he was a babyface or a heel, there was always an edge to him, and you felt it. You felt it. And a lot of these other feuds were kind of like, happy to be here, wrestling Darby, going to make him look great. And then I was like, oh, I get to wrestle this guy, make him look great. And, like, Will Hobbs was the first one where he kind of, like, it was kind of different, and I, I I enjoyed it. But it still it was still kind of like, I'm here, I'm great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one was felt like, no, I'm going to start to bring that CM Punk where – I'm still an asshole and I can still be an asshole. And Eddie Kingston, fuck you. Like, and calling him out and saying it how it is. That's why we love punk. It was, he was still putting him over, but at the same time tearing him down, which is like, that's what I was looking for. And in this match, obviously it was very physical. Like every Eddie Kingston match is, it's like, it's less about wrestling and more about hurting. Um, So yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's why, like, I'm curious to see where they go with him next because I think I'm I'm definitely over the dog and pony show. Like, yeah, happy to be here, CM Punk. I want more of that edgy CM Punk. And this was the first we saw that I completely agree with that. All right, moving on to the big moment. The big moment it's itself. Uh, cowboy it, shit, baby. So I here's here's what I will say. The lead up with the cowboy uh, traffic stuff, like that that shit gave me goosebumps. I thought that was so well done. I thought the presentation was phenomenal. The crowd was eating it up. You know, it was it was it was like the graphics team said that we're proud of you. Like. You're sitting there and you're like, are they going to fucking do this or not? Like, are they going to fuck us? And then you see like this match happen. And then like, you know, like he finally gets his hands on Callus. Like there's so many little intricate, intricate details that happened throughout this matchup. It'd, it'd be a laundry list. And we got to talk about the rest of the shows. Whether people say like, you know, you can sit there and say Eric Bischoff or our, you know, our favorite Booker T saying that, you know, Hangman Page isn't a champion or isn't, like, a star or yada, yada, yada. Morons. Moronic but, statements, in see, my opinion. And I have to, and, and thank you for backing me up on Twitter because I didn't get a chance to speak to the person. But to me, this is the first homegrown world champion for AEW, in my opinion. I think I think that this is the first time they've put the ball in somebody's hands that hasn't already been a star. And I'm, when I mean that, I mean, Ben, given the opportunity to say, you're the centerpiece of the show. Yes. And we'll find out on Wednesday. Because all three of the other guys were like world champions and other shows, top of the card guys, main event players, more well-known for what they did coming to AEW. Yes, Heyman had a career before AEW and was very good, but he was not a star. He was just a very good wrestler. It was good, whatever. He was on the rise. He was a prospect, but AEW took him and made him a star. And I think the other thing he said- Superstar, his, megastar. Yeah, he, he, he went into a portion of his, you know, his presser saying basically like, uh, you know, I, I, the AEW was the biggest gamble of my life. I was comfortable. I had a comfortable mm-hmm. living and you know, I, he basically couldn't say it, but you could tell that they were like, no, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll make you what you need to be. And just watching like the end were like just the little things. Like I said, like Matt and Nick nodding to him, like, okay, motherfucker, it's your time. And then the dark order comes out, which, you know, they macho man, and that's fine that they just kind of sit there. But the, my favorite part was, and I'm hoping it's just for the, that night, but not to his character. Alex Reynolds tried to hand him a beer. He threw the beer away and he went for a hug. So it's like, it's a full gone, like, 
you know, curve of like an arc to be like, hey, that's what ended up being a character arc. And to me, his character was the best character they've had in general. So hopefully the bear, the beer swigging kind of still happens every once in a while. They don't lose that aspect of him. But it was nice to see him be a genuine human and, and celebrate with his friends and stuff. So I was I was beyond happy. I, I teared up a little bit because, I mean, I thought it worked for me as a fan. I was very invested with Hangman. I mean, you and I make the joke. We were there second show ever. Couldn't believe we got fucking Pyro. You know, and now we're jumping <laughs> out. It's on video. Seat. You know, it's on video. And, and we're, you know, like to be turned two years into being invested, they did a great job with it. And I couldn't be happier for him. I mean, obviously we share a name, but that's pretty much it. But I like... I, I feel for the guy like I actually like this is the first baby face in a long time that I've looked at like not that he's my guy but like I can invest in my my time to him and be like yeah I want to see that guy succeed I don't want to see him lose right away yeah no I, I loved every aspect of it it just it, I mean this was such a well done story since since the the crown the beginning of AEW obviously the first event we saw the poster um, which is kind of cool that the four champions that have the four people the four wrestlers who have been AEW world champion were on that poster because it was obviously Jericho and Hangman for the title and then Moxley and uh, Omega so I like all that little stuff and you went through the other end of it that like that made it even cooler but it was such an incredible moment it's something I think a lot of people won't forget and like Hangman said in his press he's like the work's just begun for me I got to get more in shape I got to work harder do everything because you know now he's got to defend it and as we talk about all the time being a babyface champion in wrestling is hard it's very hard and there's only really one way to go because once you reach the top of that mountain like he did on saturday night there's nowhere to go but down so it's one of those things you just want to delay the down as long as you can but i'm looking forward to it because i uh i think he's great in the ring i think his character is a lot of fun and there's no one more deserving but nestlemania that does it for full gear. Um, the only other thing was, uh, which we can talk about in the finish, was Jay Lethal showed up, um, and he'll be wrestling on Wednesday. But we'll get to that, like we said, in the finish. But it's time to get into the regular portion of the program, which there's not a lot of it this week, but you'll always be in the shine, much like NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. Um, so I'm looking at it this week. And SmackDown, I don't really have anything that was super shiny. But on Raw, there were two things that stood out to me that I actually really liked. And the first one, the thing that I thought was my favorite part of the week, not related to full gear, I think you probably are going to disagree with it. But in terms of when I was watching it, it was the one thing when I got home last night, I was watching Raw that grabbed me from beginning to end. And I thought it was the best work by the both of these women in a long time. And that was the Becky Lynch promo and the Liv Morgan promo. Becky's promo on Charlotte was obviously incredible. Um, I thought this was the most I have been, I have enjoyed Becky Lynch since she's been back. I thought the character was really clicking. And yes, as it was a theme for the entire week, it's very difficult to transition from that to then the feud. But I thought this one worked because Becky playing off of Liv, it's just so, it was just so good. I thought all her quips and comebacks were very well done. I was like, okay, I'm starting to buy into this big this big man Bex or whatever the hell she's calling herself big time Bex big time Bex yeah. and I thought it for me it really clicked this week um the cockiness the arrogance the brash and I think I'm I'm back in on this in terms of this feud with Liv because obviously I'm excited for Liv I think everyone's excited for Liv and obviously she was rocking the Britney Spears oops I did it again outfit uh which that's one of my favorite things from my childhood so I just I do adored that as well but you made, you made an oops in your pants yeah watching her hold that title it did make me think it's like man if they wanted to i think they could do this i really do and like for the thing is is like live as a champion i think it would be a very short reign but i'm like if they really wanted to do it i think they could because i think becky's the perfect foil 
I don't, I still don't think they're going to do it. I think Becky is eventually going to beat her, but I'm like, if they really wanted to have this moment of crowning Liv and giving her something she's worked so hard for, especially with the built-in, like I wasn't even aware. I don't, I'd forgotten about that talking smack promo. Cause I remember at the time seeing it, but obviously that was a cool callback, but I was just like, this to me was the shiniest of shine in WWE for the week, this entire thing, because I thought both women put in a really good performance. See what you want in terms of the booking. It's tough. I understand that. And I know that's probably where you're going to go. But in terms of me as a viewer this week, this captivated me more than anything else. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to downplay the fact that it was well done. I think for me, like, and it, it, this is a general conversational piece that we can talk about more in the heat or just in general, we've already discussed it a lot is like, I, I don't, I, I understand that we're having these like, you know, brand people like on their brand having contenders. I understand that. And then we have to do the survivor series thing. I just think the timing of it sucks. And I don't think they've done a good job in general. Like I, like I've said, I think I tweeted it out. I'm more excited for after survivor series than survivor series. And it feels like I just want to piss through survivor series and get, we to all do. you know what I mean? Like, and I, but, it, <laughs> but that's not good. Like I don't, I, I, I think that they are in a real identity problem with, with that particular pay-per-view because they just don't know what to do with it anymore. And I watched this and I thought that promo was great because I was like, good. If Becky had stopped there, I would have been like, this is wonderful. The crowd's on her side. She's made a, a whole case for it. Charlotte's Charlotte. So Charlotte's going to come out and do something just equally as good or if not better. And then they did the, the, the only the only thing I look at it like, and again, I, I, I'm on my island, the island of Nestle, but it's just, I look at it this way. You just had an amazing promo with Becky. The crowd was kind of hot for it. It was great. Then you have... Liv parade out. I feel like you really didn't put Liv at a good advantage there because she was already like, you look at Becky on top of the mountain and she's already climbing and you always do these things to make the baby face do that climb. But it's an insurmountable climb. When you look at big time Bex and then you look at Liv Morgan, like she needs all the help she can get. She just caught a fire promo. The crowd's on her side, but now we're supposed to cheer for Liv and Liv needs that support. For me, I looked at it like, eh, it's not really working for me. I will say, I think she turned it, though, by the end I of that. Think and so. I think I think so, because I think Becky was also part of it by starting. That's I think I understand that's the tough thing. And I think that's I think for all the other Survivor Series stuff, that's part of it. But this one just it stood out to me because it was the only one that I thought like the two performers overcame the adversity that was put in front of them in terms of Survivor Series bullshit. Because I just like, like Becky kind of flipped the switch and Becky is, she's one of those characters that is always going to be over no matter how much of an asshole as we, as she can be. We've seen that. So it's already, like you said, an uphill climb for a baby face, but I just, I thought they did a good job because I was almost like the Charlotte promo to me. I looked at it differently. I thought it was like a warm up, and then it kept the crowd hot when she came out and they did their thing. Cause so it's, it's tough. We, we have one more show of this nonsense before we get to finally move on to like regular. So I'm with you in terms of moving on, but the only other thing on that on raw that I actually really liked, and these two teams have fought a bunch and I've absolutely loved it every time, but street profits and alpha Academy. I love all four of these performers. These are two of my favorite tag teams right now. I thought they had a really fun match. I thought everyone looked great. I mean, this is, uh, they do a good job of like kind of masking what Otis is by just having Chad Gable there. Cause he's one of the best between the ropes period. And I think he has that, like, as a sniveling shit, like, heel that never wins anything, charisma. So I I really enjoyed this segment. This is the other thing on Raw that I didn't touch the remote for all the way through. I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and, I mean, 
I say it every week, but that Alpha Academy theme, I just like, I hum that thing all day. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I just like, it's so triumphant. I don't know. I love it. I just love it. I mean, it was a good match to me. I just didn't mean anything when I was watching after, you know, like uh, if, if there are implications for it, I'd be a little bit more excited. It was a very good it's match. It's WWE. There's never implications. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying like in general, I look at it going, man, there's a lot of great matches, but like, uh, and I don't, it's not a discount against them, but it feels like it's already been a rerun. Because it probably was they on SmackDown. Actually, they did. They fought on SmackDown a bunch, and those were right. all really good. No, I, it's just it's it's hard yeah. for me to be like, I'm not that everything has to be new. I just need a, I need a little nuance with my new if it's not. No, new. I think you I think you've been getting it. I think that's why it doesn't matter. But to me, the reason why it's, it's tough with Raw because obviously we're very critical of the promo heavy Raws that have the short matches, and this Raw had a lot of really good wrestling. But it just like it's been like most WWE matches, they're mostly meaningless. So it's like that double edged sword. You're just gonna complain about both. Well, maybe you just don't like WWE, and you probably shouldn't watch. But it's so that's why it's tough. But it is. I mean, I think a lot of the rest of the show and then most of SmackDown was really uninspiring for me, I think is a good word. Um, but again, it, it, a lot has to do with the Survivor Series nonsense. So if you don't have anything else in the shine, I'm good to go to the heat. The only thing I wanted to say very quickly was I was actually very excited for KO's promo at the beginning when he said like his explanation of it, I thought it was really well done. And obviously I'm a Kevin Owens guy. So for me, I, I, I will always defend Kevin Owens most of the time. Um, but I, I liked it cause it was kind of jokerish and like, I'm not the bad guy. You're making me the bad guy. Fine. I'll be the bad guy. Like I, I can, I can pull into that gear. I don't want to be that guy. I've got kids. I got family, but then like, you know, the rest of the night it was like, okay, Finn Balor and him have a great match. That worked clearly. He went clean by the way. Yeah. He did a clean, clean stunner at the end. I thought that was great. I mean, for people saying, oh, Finn Balor had a, you know, we have a lot of plans for Finn Balor. I keep chuckling at in my head, like, I don't know if I can do nothing with Finn Balor. I think they do. I think it's just right now they don't. And maybe maybe he wins the Rumble. Kind of the be, wouldn't, yeah. it, wouldn't it be an inspirational story if Finn Balor fucking beat Roman Reigns? That'd be something. <sighs> I mean, I'd love that. But, but I mean, I'm not you know, since the that. whole falling off of the fucking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I thought that was great. And also, I enjoyed the ending of the... Uh, the SmackDown with the with the the crowning, I thought that was phenomenal. I thought that it was great storytelling. So for me, I really enjoyed the fact that he had it. Um, that's pretty much all I have in terms of anything good on WWE programming this week. So if you want to get heady, let's do it, baby. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Let's start with something Ooh. that I thought was really rough. Was well, the Los Atharios beat Boogs and Nakamura. It was a great finish, but yeah, the Los Atharios are just like, yeah, it is what it is. That was that was a rough one. Uh, we had a six woman tag at the beginning of SmackDown. The crowd seemed to love it. Uh, that, that's pretty much all I feel about six person tags. I liked the finish because they put over someone yeah. for once. That was new. I like. I thought that was a cool moment for Aaliyah. But besides that, it whatever. But then what happened or after? Like oof. yeah, exactly. It's rough. But I mean, that's what they're trying to get you to do is trying to get you to yes. get point. Von Wagner showed up as furniture in the background of a promo, <laughs> which honestly. Oh, <laughs> This is the personification. I don't take this guy seriously it's anyway. Like, it's the persona. Like, oh. literally in my head, I thought to myself, we can talk about this later. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But I, I literally looked at him and I'm like, if he didn't blink, I would have thought that was a statue. The man has the charisma of a porcelain sink. Like, he is out of his mind if he thinks he's a, a superstar. Like, he is the good Kali. It's like they took Edge and they took Kali, put it in a blender, and we're like, yeah, that'll work. Let's take all of natural charisma of Edge, suck it out, and take all of Kali's. Like it, I'm sitting there going, 
there's nothing you can do to this guy. There's there's nothing. Give him a better name. I don't know. But Von Wagner is the most uninspired. They have a lot of uninspired names sometimes they come up with, but uh, that one is like wolf. I honestly I cannot wait for the first Von Wagner shirt. Are you on the Von Wagon? Like I I am I am gonna be I am gonna be so that is gonna be a, if we lose predictions for the year and you have to buy a Von Wagner shirt. That's what you have to do. Like that'd be hysterical. God. But no, I just it, it, it then it just gets into this weird fucking thing like. So like, I don't I don't get it. It, it. it is what it is. But we have Charlotte and Tony Storm. I got excited for that. That was good. But nothing really happened. We had you know Aaliyah backstage being consoled by Ali and Ricochet. That's a thing. But Aaliyah, you know Ricochet, Mister Still Your Girl. They were going for in that promo, which was hilarious. But it was just like as you know, and it's not fair because you know Aaliyah's worked very hard. But I just looked at it and went like, man, she's a terrible baby face. She'll be so much better as a heel. And like her acting, I'm like, they do they teach acting in the performance center? Because it would really help. I think that, that promo was rough. There's a, there's a big reason why I think it took her a long time to get there because I think that kind of stuff never really clicked with her. And that's why she was always in a tag team or with Robert Stone because yeah. I just, I don't know. She's, she's decent in the ring, not the best, but she just, but she's, she does have that likability. I think that when you see her, you want to like her because she just, she seems innocent and whatever. Yeah, she she's has those big like that doughy eyes that you're like, underdog. oh, yeah. yeah. So, and that's why I thought the moment for her was so cool, but then they immediately ripped it apart by taking her off the team. But again, I think they're trying to make you invest in her, which is why they're doing it. But the reason why it just, it's rings so hollow for me is because like they made a big deal of announcing these fucking teams and now they're just ripping them apart. Like the Lashley Dom one made sense, but they've done it with everyone. Like Sami Zayn's off the team. Aliyah's off the team. It was like, this could be or something out this and that. It's just like, what are we doing? Nobody cares. Nobody matters. Moving on to something that they're clearly strapping the, the rocket to hit row as they're taking on wrapping everybody's slim shanky and, uh, and gender, which I love cringe as much as the next person, but this one was a little rough for me. This one left the dolphin. It was bad. Uh, Ridge, Holiday, and uh, your boy Cesaro. Holland, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't even care. Ridge, Holland, damn it. He's got the nightstick. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's got a dildo, whatever the fuck it is. But anyway, your boy Ben, (laughs) this is like Ben's perfect storyline because he loves Sheamus, so it's a fight over Sheamus for next week. That'll be fun. And, of course, we've already talked about the ending. But, like, moving on to Raw. Oh, my God. The Biggie promo was fine with KO. Then it got into a, a random tag match. And then it like then it got into a six person tag with the Usos. To me, this was a cluster. 32X. I, it was not great for me. I did appreciate that, you know, the RK Bro promo with like the portion of Randy being like, stop fucking around. Like Was that and I mean this seriously, because they have definitely not done anything with them for a while. Yeah. I thought that was the best RK Bro segment in over a month. Uh, that one kind of won me back and reminded me to be like this is why I fell in love with them. And it really made me mad that like the last month they've literally like, Oh yeah, they're great. We'll just do nothing but pray them out. Like that was magic. And then the transition from riddle with the street profits is like, this is what got them so over. It's like literally magic. You can still do it. Why haven't you been? So it was that double edged sword. was like, that was so good. But then I was really disappointed knowing that they've dropped the ball for over a month. Yeah, it is disappointing. So this thing, speaking of disappointing, we had Tamina versus uh, Bianca, which was almost a jobber alert, not a jobber alert. Tamina lasted longer than three minutes, so her pizza was free. Hey, that was probably the best Tamina singles match I've ever seen, so I'm not, I don't have nothing bad to say about I it. I was just surprised that it actually fucking happened. Here's the other thing. <laughs> do, do drop, Bianca need, just needs a win. <laughs> do drop showing us all why Survivor Series really matters. It's just like, yeah, I'll deal with you after Survivor Series. It's just like, then why the fuck did you come out anyway? 
You know, it's just like, what what the fuck was that? Like, I get it. But her also as like a heel is very odd. It's very odd. Because of everything about her presentation. Just, yeah, I just, I don't know. Unless she turns into an annoying Spice Girl. I don't know what the hell she's going to be doing. I have no idea. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm coming up hey, with One of those Spice play. Girls called Sami Zayn a pussy, so. That's true. Scary that's spice, very much yeah. true. Well, that's very scary. It is what it is. Anyway, we move on. Uh, Ray was put in a match with Lashley. We'll talk about that at some point. Uh, we can talk about it in here. It was fine. Um, I was more excited. I was more excited for that. The fact that Austin Theory was at the end there. That was pretty cool. First uh, ever Nestle hope to come true. Damn it. Yeah, I know. Right. That wasn't even something I had to wait for. Like that wasn't something I had to wait six months, a year for that. That happened like express lane. It's the best when they pay off right away. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. I mean, either that or I'm just incredible about everything, which uh, I'm not going to get on that one. Seth Rollins yelling at his guy to not wake his baby in his bus. That was pretty funny. Then they had this random, you know, Nikki having a, a loss against Queen Zelina. Then Rhea beats Carmella. Clearly, we're on a collision course for the Queen yeah, and Carmella to win the tag titles. I don't and, know about win, but... No, they're going to win because, honestly, Rhea yeah. and Nikki need to stop. Somebody made a great tweet, and I wanted to say this really quickly. But I don't think they defended the titles. They so haven't. there's no women's tag teams. It's like people can bash them saying they're bad champions. It's like, right. no, they just have no one to fight. So it's just like, it's like, what are they bad at? They're yeah. bad at, like, not being booked. That's not their fault. Here's something that made me go, why the fuck didn't I think of that? It made me go, fuck yeah. So I apologize for not having the uh, Twitter handle or the tweet ready. But someone said, don't you think that Rhea Ripley with Sanity's version of Nikki Cross would be the best fucking tag team ever? And I was like, you know what? I could be talked into that. I could be talked into that very, very hard. Like I, I was like, we know that Nikki can do that. It would, it's believable. And they would both uh, I don't think they're going to do it though, sadly, because no. I think they like they, they like the Nikki ASH character, especially like she's that's a house show dream gimmick. Like she can go out and she can hug all the little girls. It's just like it's like and it's like it's 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 a little mini. It's a not a big cash cow, sure. but it's a minor cash cow. They've been benefiting off of. I just I would love to see her get her like hit her head by a ladder, and all of a sudden she's crazy again for a month until she hits another ladder and she turns back. And I Nikki. think it would work too. Like, yeah, I'm with that you. makes sense to me. Like I I look at it like yeah, them and leather. I would make it yeah. They're my brutality. It would make sense. Let them go through a hardcore match. It'll be great. What am I, normal? Normal kind of guy now? What, you're not laughing at my jokes? What's going on? Do I ever laugh at your jokes? I saw you almost spit take. I got you almost once. That's fine. <laughs> almost once. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, to me, the biggest travesty in the entire world, AJ and Omos talking about movies, and then they talk about Godzilla. That was a bad segment. And then, of course, uh, they, made, they dropped a Danny DeVito reference, which upset me as a person because I love Danny DeVito. Childhood hero. But uh, God damn it, this whole thing was just. This is this, there's a that third hour is is very rough. It is it is very very rough. That's pretty yeah. much all I got in terms of that. I think it's time we get hopeful. If you would like to go first, that's perfectly. Good hardest. You are my only hope in WrestleMania. It's a tough week to be inspired for WWE, but you know I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, SmackDown removed two of their members. Um, Raw replaced them immediately. Where SmackDown, we have two TBD and a TBA. And the men's and women's five and five teams, Aliyah off the women's team, Sami Zayn off the men's team. So that got me thinking, it's like, how do we make this cool? Well, on SmackDown, I think the easy plug and play, if you're going to replace Aliyah, is Tony Storm, because her showing up with Charlotte, it would be an easy plug and play. Someone relevant is kind of like Liv being on the Raw team, give her a little good show before challenge for the title. But it got me thinking, it's like, there were three stud women that have been out with injuries or pregnancy or whatever. I don't think it's, I think it's too early for Bailey because I would obviously be my top choice to be a core turn, 
But uh, we haven't had an update on Asuka in a while. So that would be something interesting if they brought her back to the blue brand. I think it would get a lot of fans really excited because Asuka is one of the more popular acts. But the other one to me, and she's kind of popped back up on social media the last week or so, getting herself back into shape. I don't know if she's ever going to return or if she wants to return or whatever, but it seems like she might be. And that is dun, 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 dun. So that is part one of my hope is I want Lacey Evans to show up and be the fifth member of Team SmackDown because – I've always been a big fan of Lacey. I think her character just, it's just, it's a great, it's a great character. I've always enjoyed her and she was getting better in the ring. Um, so, Hey, Becky came back and has done a great job as an incredible shape. And you got to believe Lacey could do the same thing. So that would be my hope for the fifth member of team SmackDown. But then on the women's side, but on the men's side, with Sami Zayn off, it kind of like, I'm hoping Sami Zayn gets himself involved on uh, Sunday in some capacity. Maybe he costs someone a spot or kind of goes against SmackDown or whatever for taking off because I think there's a little meat on that storyline. But in terms of replacing him in the match, I was looking at the roster and I didn't really see, there's Ricochet, Ali, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Rich Holland are the five that maybe I'd pinpoint. And the way they're going with kind of uh, elevating the younger guys, I'm thinking maybe Rich Holland gets that spot as a way to uh, elevate him. But it was like, man, I was trying to brainstorm, like who's someone that's not on TV that could return, that could be a cool surprise to SmackDown, but I just couldn't really get it. So I like in terms of this one, you know, maybe, maybe you have a preference here, but I think Rich Holland might get it, but I selfishly would love Ricochet or Cesaro or Ali in the match because I think they could do a great job. But uh, I wouldn't also wouldn't mind if they brought Sheamus back here either. So I'm curious what you think on this one. Well, I hope was going to be very specific in general. I was looking more at the idea of that on SmackDown specifically, I don't think this is going to happen, but I think for a one-night deal would be really cool would be Braun Breaker. I think that they have the idea of having, they're trying to get him his PhD. They're trying to get him some wins. They're trying to get him out there. If it's Von Wagner, I'm gonna vomit. I'm gonna... I don't think it will be. Why was he there? Just... Why was he there? Because Vince was like, "I need a big bodyguard for Adam Pearce, who is apparently a heel now. Give me the biggest guy in NXT." And he was like, "Von Wagner." I would rather Odyssey Jones. At least Odyssey Jones would make yeah, me go. Odyssey hey. Jones is a baby face. He went taken away from by smiling. Von Wagner at least is expressionless and useless. So he's just like you said, scenery. Uh, he wasn't scenery. Not, not good scenery. No, yeah, it, it is what it is. Now, I, I, it's hard for me because that's what my original thought was. But you made a great point with Asuka. My ears perked up when I heard that because I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Bailey makes a lot of sense. But for me, the other thing on the other side, I don't think it's a, it's a huge get. But with the idea of they're trying to implement more new stars in the Survivor Series matchup, I think I would love to see Zia Lee in it only because, and, and stop me here. Tony, I didn't even think of it. That's actually very interesting. Because they keep doing the coming soons and stuff. Not, yeah. that, not that that's a huge deal. But I think that, for me, and I'm going to give away one of my picks right now, I think the SmackDown team for the women's should win because I think that we've already, like, the Raw roster doesn't need it because we've already got the Dewdrop and the Bianca and Char uh, Becky and uh, Liv happening so that those don't matter. So for me, when I look at it from a standpoint of like, oh, Tony Storm's going to challenge Charlotte? Well, maybe she's the one that wins or she's the sole survivor or the person, you know, that's highlighted in that match. And Zia Lee wouldn't be able to take a pin. There's a lot of people on SmackDown that could take pins. That's fine. Yeah, so I do the double countout bullshit with that. It's like Bianca Zia Lee double countout because Dewdrop comes out. Like that's, yeah. they do that shit all the time. That was like how you got Braun out of the match every year. Yeah, so. exactly. And so, so for me, I think, I, I mean, I'm a Zia Lee fan for, um, uh, well, certain reasons. You like reason. her Instagram? I like a lot of things about her. Yeah. I'm, I mean, being a cop <laughs> is one of them for sure. If you haven't seen the Instagram, but that's beside the point. 
Uh, I, uh, yeah, Ia Lee. Ia Lee. I love Ia Lee. You have an Ia for Zaya. I have, oh, a, right. I have an Ia for Zaya. There you go. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to co- copyright that. Don't call it a comeback. I was thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. I was working Friday night, and I saw that Tony Storm came out to interrupt Charlotte, and I was like, thank God. Because Tony Storm, from the moment you pointed her out to me, I in like the May Young Classic way back in the day, you're like, she's going to be a JC girl. And I, I saw it. And I was like, everything about Tony, I'm like, she's just so fucking cool. Like, yes, like are her promos the best? No, but she's just so fucking cool. Some people just have that like charisma where it's like they don't need to do anything. You just put them in a rain and they have it. And it's, she's always had that for me. And I'm just watching her like sit on the sidelines of SmackDown has been so disappointing because we know in rain she can. I've had her as a dream match for like half the roster forever. I can't wait for a feud with her and Sasha at some point i've been looking i I think i hope that when i did like a wrestlemania preview like three or four years ago i put that as a surprise one so i was so thrilled for that um because i think she can be a top star but there's just one of those things is like you got to give her a chance and they really haven't and i've been really worried with obviously we see a lot of them trimming the roster down and people that haven't been getting used i was like really scared i'm like man if they let tony storm i'd see that as a huge like miss because i really do think that give her a fair shot to really be a star because I think she will take the ball and run with it. So I was thrilled to see it. I mean, Charlotte, you can say what you want about her, but you get a match with Charlotte. It's usually a great match um, for the most part. It's obviously high profile. So I'm excited for Tony Storm's chance because obviously Charlotte declined because she's Charlotte. That's what she's supposed to do. But I am excited that Tony's going to get a chance here to show what she can do against Charlotte. And then hopefully after when she inevitably loses that, she can kind of build up more momentum on her own in a SmackDown Women's Division, which I think has a lot of talent. So, uh, yeah, I was thrilled for my girl, Tony Storm. She gets to come back. My comeback goes for Aaliyah. I was very excited for her to actually be on TV. I was really upset with the storyline that they took her off of it. Um, obviously, I made a joke that she's not the best actress in the world. That's that's fine. I mean, in between the ropes, she did perfectly fine. I was really excited for her. I saw the, genu- the genuine excitement between her, Naomi, and Sasha when she won. I thought that was really cool because it's seven years in the making. She finally made it. So even if she doesn't stick around a long time or if she's here forever, good for her. She's made it. She did a great job. Uh, for the most part, inside in turn that in inside the ring anyway, I was uh, I was very happy for her. So that's where my comeback is because it's always nice to see those stories come full circle. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I was I was thrilled for her. Um, but we're gonna go to the big finish now. We will get to Survivor Series predictions in a moment, but we do have some housekeeping to do with NXT and AEW. But first, JobberKnocker.com. You should check out all the great weekly content, especially our AEW NXT, two of the best of the biz, and the Joe Stopper and our boy Dami Feds. Um, we will have predictions up for Survivor Series. Uh, TPublic.com/JobberKnocker. We got a lot of sweet designs. You should check it out. They've been having uh, some sales lately. I actually just uh, I got a, I got a little haul uh, the other day, and it was thirty five percent off like everything. So. Definitely a good time to check out tpublic.com slash jobberknocker, Twitter at jobberknocker, Facebook jobberknocker, Instagram jobberknocker. Uh, all the staff are in the uh, description of the podcast, their handles, and give us five stars, five flames on all podcasting platforms. We appreciate it. But and in WrestleMania, uh, mentioned it earlier, AEW has a big uh, dynamite this week. They had a TNT title defense between Sammy Guevara and Jay Lethal, who is now signed to the promotion. I'm not a big fan of Jay Lethal, so I just really hope that this is a quick match and we're done with it. You know, like I just I, I don't know about that. I think uh, I think they're going to use him. Here's here's the thing, and you can say what you want about him, regardless of whether you believe the allegation. That's beside the point. Right now, I look at it like when I watch the presser. The feeling I got, for me as a as a very judgmental person, and this is where JC goes. No way, you judgmental. 
But uh, <laughs> I looked at it as this guy is so well rehearsed. This guy could answer all sorts of questions. He seems happy to be there. There's something about him that I look at him and I'm just like, there's nothing authentic about the words that are coming out of your mouth. And that is a heel. No, I'm not saying heel in general. No, I'm just saying like that's that's the best way to present him. Is yeah, yeah. But like I, I look at it really like I look at it like as a person, if I was having a conversation with him, I think I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really I, I wouldn't I don't know. I maybe I'm, I'm completely completely off base. and I probably am. But I, there's something about him when I see him on my television. I just feel like I'm not getting I'm not getting the real person. So that's why I'm not going to cheer for him. Boom. I'm just going to, he's going to exist and that's it. I'm going to move on. Sammy Gravara wins, moves on because he's clearly not done anything with that championship yet. So he has to continue to rack up some wins. I, uh, I think I agree with you on that point. Uh, next up, we have a TBS tournament um, quarterfinal match, I believe, between Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. I'm taking Shida. Shida, baby, all the way. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love me some Shida. She's yep, great. One of the best wrestlers they have, period. Uh, next up, this match was announced, I believe, last night. Brian Danielson takes on Evil Uno because Danielson has to wrestle every week, and, I mean, he's going to win. He's but... what? He's taking on what? Evil Uno. Because that's something you want to see. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is... I didn't even know that was a thing. They, I think they announced it last night. I saw it. So, What a waste. Yeah. Like To me, I, I think that's a waste. He's wrestled every week on TV since he's been signed, and it looks like he wants to keep that going. He likes being active, but for the sake of his body, uh, I wouldn't mind him getting a breather at some point. But whatever, that's just me. Orange Cassidy and Ishii are taking on the Butcher and the Blade. Don't care. Couldn't it? Couldn't, me either. Couldn't care less. But now the match that I am actually most excited for that is booked on Dynamite because it has two of my favorite things. Leo Rush and Dante Martin taking on everyone loves the acclaimed baby. These guys, I fucking, I just, these guys are just entertainment. There's a reason why this segment kind of happened on the buy-in because Dante Martin's, uh, they have the rocket strap on him right now with everyone wanting to be his friend and the acclaimed man, these guys just like, Oh, just, I I enjoy them. They're one of my favorite things that I just enjoy. So I'm thrilled that this is a match on that. I, I I mean, you know, the bell rings and I don't care about the acclaimed, but before and after ah, I do. I disagree because I think there's that there's enough bullshit with them. So I, I like the bullshit. I, I, I'm excited. I mean, I love Dante Martin. Anytime he's on my screen, I'll watch him. So I, I'm, I'm always excited for him. And uh, Leo Rush has obviously been a, a soft spot for me for a long time. So I would expect expect highly that Dante Martin continues this rise and that the acclaim is going to get stepped on here. But uh, it'll yeah. be a great match. I'm excited for it. My favorite part of the preview for AW. I don't see, didn't see anything for Rampage. So uh, I guess just check their Twitter later in the week. They'll probably announce it. But on NXT this week, we have three announced matchups. First up, we have, I mean, this is one of everyone's favorites acts in NXT. Tony D'Angelo taking on Dexter Loomis. I just like, that guy when he's on my screen, it's just like, I love it. There's just, this so infectious. It's such a good character, man. I uh, so here when I watch him, I'm like, yeah, he's great, and uh, we, we can have a longer conversation about this some other time. But like, I look at him and I think, what a ceiling that is going to be on for that character. Oh you no, know? I agree, but I don't care. Like, milk it for all it's yeah. right now because it's great. I think sometimes I th- when you have something great, you just go with it. This is this is going to be Gaga. I would hope very, very, very. Here's the thing. I kind of want to see Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano kind of like split up a little bit here, and I would like to see. Yeah. I would like to see Loomis take on you know your boy Tony just a little bit on one-on-one or just like they do some like crazy cinema matches or something like I would be okay with those with, with this particular 
character structure with those two, I think it'll work. I really do. And I, I here's the thing. People say they don't like certain things about the, the whole, you know, filming scenery kind of stuff. But I think these two characters do better in those kind of promos than they would in the ring. So. Yeah, I don't disagree with that because I think Tony's uh, in-ring work probably there's a reason he's in NXT. Um, but next up, we have a you want to talk about Gaga? That's I just I literally don't care about this feud. But Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes in a poker showdown. Yeah, they had me last week with a great promo. I thought it was wonderful. But any, any poker in general, and it is is it, you know if this was 14 years ago, maybe people would care at the World Series of Poker. But I, I think it is a gimmick that is no longer necessary. Yeah, get out of here. Uh, and then we have a grudge match set up between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I mean, I'm excited for Dakota Kai, but I, I, uh, I'm at a point now where I think Raquel, Raquel needs, I was going to call her Raquel Walsh. Excuse me. Uh, I just, I can't, I, 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 something about watching her ride that motorcycle makes me, I loved it. I know I'm alone, but I fucking loved it. I loved it. And, uh, WrestleMania, you can book her for most eliminations in the Royal Rumble, I think, because I don't think she's long for NXT. I don't think there's much more she can do down there. Okay. I think she's a better main roster character than NXT character at this point without on her own, at least she, I think she, what Chad, she should be per- perpetually a heel for the rest of her life. Watching. Her, I definitely agree with that. Well, yes. Watching her be a baby face is just too rough for me. And like I there, every time she shows up on my Instagram feed, cause you know, you follow her on the job or Instagram. I keep yelling at my phone and everybody thinks I'm weird. I'm like, stop working on your back. We get it. You have a great back. <laughs> you know, like who cares? Wow, Nestle told someone to work out left. Let's let her do what she wants. If she wants to have the broadest back in the biz, that's her. Yeah, but guess what? That don't mean shit. Don't mean shit in the ring. Yeah, whatever. She'll be fine. She's got the size, and uh, they love size in WWE. But Nestlemania, before we get to Survivor Series predictions, I do want to give a shout-out to our boy Leo, the son of our boy at Danny Fab with one N. Uh, we got to see some of his match he posted for us to watch. So, Leo, shout-out. You look great. Keep working hard, man. That was That was cool to see. Yeah, it was great to see. Uh, clearly, he was the best out of the four when we watched the video. So that he's got uh, he's got that athleticism and he's got the stardom already in there. So if he keeps his head down and works hard, I, you know, sky's the limit, as we say, right, Avery Bradley? Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. <laughs> so we're very proud of him. All right, so let's move on to Survivor Survive. Series. I'm a survivor. I'm a forgiver. I don't give a fuck about this pay-per-view, but we have to watch it. Six matches of that have no meaning. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really have much analysis for a lot of these. We have a champion versus champion singles match between Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boobs. The Rick Boobs. Rick Boobs. If he was Rick Boobs, <laughs> this whole card is a boob. Not a good one. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick Priest because I think he needs it more. But, like, literally, you want to talk about them not even, like, acknowledging this feud, this match? Uh, this is the one. They don't acknowledge either of the titles, so why would they acknowledge this feud? That's what I would well, look at. They were acknowledging Priest's title pretty well until then Survivor Series came. And they're like, yeah, we'll just take him off TV, but he can do a mean rock. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, Priest has to just annihilate Nakamura. Nakamura is a welcome mat for most people at this point. So, I mean. He hasn't. He's defended the title, I think, once since he's had it in like eight months. So, whatever. It's I'm bad. over him. It's bad. Take it off and put it on Corbin at this point. Next up, we have a Champions versus Champions tag team match. RK Bro taking on the Usos. This match will likely be super hot fire and make me forget that this event sucks. Um, but in terms of winning, uh, I think... This is a tough one because I think this one could easily go either way. But you know what? I'll pick the baby faces, RK bro. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Usos because I feel like this is going to be one of those supremacy feeling thingies. 
and it and it leads to more of Randy's disappointment with Riddle because mm-hmm. he's like I, I gotta, see that. like it's you know him being talked into like oh no like you're not acting like me I got to act more like Randy you know like I think that would work better in terms of like him failing a little bit more so that's why I'm going to pick that one I think that could make a lot of sense. Uh, and then next up, we have a champion versus champion singles match between Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Championship. This match will probably be very good. Um, in terms of winning this, when I'm looking at all these, this one screams some schmaz bullshit. Um, I think Becky's going to win, though, some way, shape, or form. I don't. You're going to put down, I'm put down Becky. Okay. I'm going to put Damn. down Charlotte because I feel like there's just something about. It's not honestly. I'm just gonna write down double DQ, but I mean that's what I really should Ooh. write. Because he got. Yeah, see, you know, I, I think Charlotte's gonna get DQ'd or some shit. Or yeah. gonna be, I think this this just screams bullshit. At finish. All right, so. I'm I'm just gonna put Charlotte down so I don't necessarily shoot myself in the foot. But I should put down. I'm WD. gonna laugh with the double DQ now, and you get it wrong. Because so. I'm a like you said. I don't I don't take hot takes here. I'm I'm a, what a coal miser yeah. for crying out loud. It is what it is. I, Mr. Colonizer. Oh, I Mr. God. Snow. We're already there. Well, right after Thanksgiving, baby. All well, right. We have, uh, what do I? I was going to say, Big E, or we want to go to the men's t- and women's. That's where I'm going next. Champion versus champion. Singles match. Finally, the last one of these. Big E and Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns is winning. Ban yeah. it. Ban it. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do in terms of a main event. I guess probably that, but uh, whatever. I don't know. But now we have the the clusterfucks of the five-on-five Survivor Series elimination matches. We'll start with the women's team. Raw is comprised of Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Quinn Zelina. Taking on Team SmackDown, which is comprised of Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and to be announced. Nestlemania, I agree with you. I think this is Team SmackDown's to win. Um, I would... Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I think whoever the TBA is could be one of the last people. Maybe Shane is there with them. Maybe they don't go sole survivor, but I think you're onto something with Dewdrop, Cost, and Bianca. And I think the rest of them you can get out easy enough. So Yeah, they are all losers on Raw. I mean, there's really not. Whoa, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Okay, but. let me put not losers. I mean, like they can eat a pin or have DQ'd. Like I think SmackDown needs it more. That's the way Ripley I look at screams it. count out. Liv Morgan screams like getting double teamed or yeah. blindsided and yeah. Bianca screams count out. Yeah. There's so many. Something. There's so many that's just like, here's the thing. This is a match for me where I'm like, if he had just switched sides and had the baby faces versus heels, this would be so much of a better, like, this would yeah, be so much easier this, to deal. This side, they need to, like we've said over and over again, completely redo this pay-per-view because this sucks. Uh, but next up, we have the five-on-five men's Survivor Series elimination match in WrestleMania and Team Raw comprised of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory taking on Team SmackDown of Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Ken Woods, Happy Corbin, and another TBA. This one's probably a little tougher to call, but WrestleMania, I just, the when they started putting this together, this one just screams Drew McIntyre, sole survivor. So I'm picking Team SmackDown for this one. Wow, I'm going to pick Raw. Here's why. When you were naming all those people, all I could think about was McIntyre can always overcome, you know, like that's the way I look at it. But so like for me, Seth Rollins is on that team. So for me, Seth Rollins has to come out and Bobby Lashley, those two specifically, unless they get into some type of, you know, pissing contest, it's all over. Like I, those two specifically, you tell me Seth Rollins and, and Bobby Lashley on that team, they're winning. They're fucking winning. The rest of them don't matter. The end. And I, you're, the reason you said for those two is the reason I feel like Drew McIntyre. And I think he could easily take out both of them and it wouldn't matter because that's the guy who's supposed to be taking on the God 
the head of the table at some point. So I think just one of those things, it's like you got to start notching his belt. So isn't his know, belt already notched? I mean, look at his gear. It is, but I feel like he, he's definitely, I think we've agreed, completely cooled off. And so I think it's just one of those things. This is something like a feather in his cap, I think, on the way in terms of momentum. So that's why for me, and it also, uh, the way I predicted it, which it could end up this way, but probably with completely different matches, I believe I had three SmackDown and three Raw. So I was looking for balance, and um, I feel good about those, but I'll, I wouldn't be surprised if I went 0 for 6 because Survivor Series, this... It, it's never nonsensical because it's never sensical really because it's a one-off. I think the only one that is guaranteed is Roman Reigns. Yeah, I just, I, I, to me, it's just, it's all done. Yeah. All over we'll be through the it. I can't wait to talk about it next Tuesday. No, you Fallout can't. Of Survivor Series. Nobody's excited yeah, for the pay-per-view. I wish I could hype you up so everybody could be excited about it, but nobody's excited about Sunday. Yeah. I mean, we can all watch it in the watch along if everybody's available, but... Uh, it's time to move along, move along from Survivor Series. Da-na. Do you know who sings that song before we leave? Ah, I do, but I'm blanking. All American rejects. You are terrible. Yeah. On that note, speaking I'm of rejects, terrible. we're going to be going to watch <laughs> this, this terrible rejection of a pay-per-view. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. And karaoke. <laughs> <laughs>